Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to the CG Podcast. I'm back with Blake for episode four. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Good to be back. Welcome to all the listeners. Yes, welcome in listeners. We've made it another week. How great. Anyway, as we always do, run the top of this show off with a review from last week. Straight off the bat, I want to talk about Zaki. How good was that win, Blake? Oh, it's phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. Just... um. I mean, some were expecting uh, Zaki to do that, some weren't, but the, the win, you can't take anything away from the horse, was dominant. Yeah. I, th- I think for a horse to win like that first up at 1,400 metres, where he's got aspirations about, what, six to eight weeks away over, you know, a mile and a quarter, the Cox Plate, obviously, like, that was just breathtaking. He could have dead set, won that race by another four or five lengths if... J-Mac asked him to. So I think Definitely. the question comes, does that make him the best horse in Australia? Uh, well, <laughs> if you want me to answer it, I'm going to say no. Um, I'm still I'm still heavily in the, in, in the very elegant camp. Um, I think Zaki's done well to date winning. You mean you can only do, you can, all you can do is win. All you can do is beat what the horses that are, that are up against you. But in that race, I don't think that Zaki was beating the best of the best. And with the bigger aspirations um, further down the track, I think we will definitely find out how good Zaki really is. But I think after that win, it, although it was like marvelous, uh, for me, no. Uh, what, what do you reckon? Uh, I don't often sit on the fence. But I think I might sit on the fence just because I want to see them clash. I really want to see them go head to head. And that will probably prove who is the best horse currently in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've seen those mouth-watering uh, mouth clashes with a Dave and very elegant, you know, which is basically sit on the edge of your seat stuff. Um, I think Zaki versus very elegant, whether it be the Cox Plate or, or another lead-up race, that will just be a dream come true. If anything, I'm probably leading Team Zaki, and that's just probably recency bias. Um, but we'll find out more in the coming weeks. Also, Blake, you scored again with our makeshift group one race, which was actually good. Really <laughs> but I think it overscored. I uh, think it overscored. Um, unfortunately, I jumped off him, but you stuck on. So well done to Kerry Parker and everyone. Um, we've got to head into uh, Kembla Grange for this week. We're covering both Kembla Grange and Flemington. Uh, the track conditions and the weather and the bias is what we're going to talk about. Tomorrow, it's going to be 27 degrees and sunny. The rail is out five metres and the track is currently a good four. I'm expecting the track to possibly get into the good three region just based on the weather. There's not much wind around either. What about you, Blake? Uh, yeah, well, that's what you were meant. That's what you were saying to me earlier. So um, as far as I know, I'm going to have to agree. I haven't had too much of a look at it, um, but with it being a good fall now and if there's no rain predicted till then then you could definitely say that it will dry up even more yeah so um yeah well the thing is with Kembla Grange is it's it's a bit of a 
yin yang is that is that the thing the the chinese i'm not gonna i'm just gonna shut up <laughs> um basically when it's wet you want to be off fence and probably midfield running but when it's dry over the last couple of seasons we've seen it's extremely hard to run horses down that are on fence and, mm. and when it's when the track's playing firm because the times they're running from the front you just can't match like 34 seconds for a last 600 meter sectional or even like sometimes 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 the horses are breaking 33 are breaking 34 seconds into 33 seconds leading which is unheard of so We'll find out more tomorrow, but I'm expecting you probably want to be drawn um, lower. If not, if you're drawn wide, you probably want to come across and sit handy to speed. The first race we'll be covering is race six, the group two Scirocco Stakes over the 1,200 metres. Our very interesting runner is our current favourite on Trivier, the Kiwi runner. Do you reckon her price is fair? Um, yeah, I, I think... I think the price is definitely fair, and I and I definitely think that Untrivia deserves to be a short price favorite in this kind of a race, um, especially given the first uh, the first run in Australia last prep at the end of last prep was like the toughest possible run that a horse could have coming into Australia. Um, for me, I, I I see this race as a complete race in two between uh, the top two in the market, which is in trivia, the favorite and written beauty who um, was, was undoubtedly unlucky first up. And I, I was definitely um, looking at her in that race. Um, so I'm, I'm having another look at her in this race. So for me, it's a race in two. Um, who do you think out of those two is, is the most likely to get the cash? Oh, I have to completely agree with you. I'd be very surprised if another horse won this race. Uh, I think the key thing to note, Written Beauty first up was not ridden backwards and the ride was not a bad ride. It was just, it was just circumstances. Tommy Berry had, she, she buckled at the start. Like there's not much more you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone calls me. Um, <laughs> um, and the, I think the main thing is with this race, I'm with Von Trivia. I think, I think she could easily be the best bit of the day here. I think the main thing mm. I was speaking to you, I noted it earlier, on trivia, first of all, she's had no luck with barriers since coming to Australia. She does get luck this time. She's drawn perfectly right in the middle, yep. barrier six. I think the thing is, she was $3 favourite when these two lined up uh, about three or four weeks ago in a group two race, drawing barrier 20, carrying 59 kilos, whereas now she carries 55 and a half kilos, meets written beauty, four and a half kilos better off at the weights for a race that never even took place yet they're still yeah. the same price. So if you've got to base the market off what the bookmakers previously put up, she has to be even money in a field like this. Does, does yeah. she deserve to be even money? Probably not. But if you're basing it solely off what they put up previously, $2.80 has to be value. So I'm leaning yeah. on Trivier from Written Beauty. I'm expecting Written Beauty, if she doesn't fluff the start, to sit much more further forward and possibly even even leading so what about you Blake mm -hmm. you've fallen on yeah I, yeah good analysis there I think um I agree with you in trivia pretty much um bad luck beats beats her only bad luck beats her here uh, like there's nothing really pointing towards um and trivia not winning the trial was good that first up run like we said um in Australia at the end of last prep was amazing considering everything against her and everything looks to be um, much more in her favor this time. The only thing possibly apart from bad luck that could potentially beat in trivia, I guess would be the, the pattern. Mm -hmm. um, you could argue that, well, I mean, you, you'll find out more on the day, but 
it might come down to which horse is just closer in the run um, as to who can just get that head start on the other. But yeah, for me, it'll, it'll definitely be between those two um, and definitely find out more in race day, I reckon. Beautiful. Well, it looks like the Quinella might be the play there for punters if they're they're looking for a little juicy six to one, possibly, possibly six to one. I'm not too sure, but we'll find out come tomorrow. I'm with on trivia and Blake's pretty firm with the on trivia and written beauty camp. We move on to race seven, the group two Theo Marks over to 1300 meters. Bit of a match race. This, um, well, that's what the bookies are expecting. Private Eye versus Big Parade. Both were emphatic winners first up. Out of the two, whose camp do you sit in? Out of the two, I sit in Big Parade's camp um, for uh, reasons based on that first up run. Uh, they both won their first up runs. Um, but for me, Big Parade's performance was, well, well, even to the eye, it was much more dominant. And I don't think anyone can uh, can argue that point. But uh, in terms of times, it's, it's great to see that Big Parade's times were kind of backed up that performance um, because... I guess the only kind of knock on that win was that it was in a benchmark 88 and this is definitely uh, a tougher, like a step up um, and a tougher assignment, but given big parade carried 61 kilos in that win where he won by 3.3 lengths, ran the second fastest time on the day, uh, which included the sixth fastest time to the 800 meters. So the first 400 meters of the race and then the second, and then the fastest final 200 meters in the race. So that, that shows that he's done it at the start of the race and at the end of the race and then put it all together over the whole race ran the second fastest time of the day. So um, that, that kind of backs up that win and says now that he's going from 61 kilos down to 53 and a half gets barrier two again, can sit handy again. You can say that, um, that he's, he deserves to be favorite here. Um, and given to me, in my opinion, I don't think privatized first up run was as good as big parades, just given that that performance and the way the times kind of looked. Um, and then again, private eyes drawn barrier 10 this time. So it, it looks like it will be tougher for him compared to big parade. What do you think about those two? And are there any others that you're looking at in this race, Jason? Once again, I couldn't agree with you more, which is a bit concerning <laughs> because it doesn't happen often, but I think when you get horses that can sit on speed that are, are in winning form, that drop in weight is just like the perfect combination. And as you said, he is dropping mm-hmm. seven and a half kilos from his first up win. And it was a demolition job, really. Um, he's drawn barrier two. He should find the front. And Big Parade is a horse that has shown glimpses of brilliance at his best. The problem is he mixes his runs. So I guess it's a question whether $3 is value in this field and will the right Big Parade show up. It's probably not a punt that I'm willing to take, even though I do concede he's the one that everyone has to beat. I'm willing mm-hmm. to spec two, but probably the more I think about it, the one that makes more sense would be number four, Madame Rouge with Chris Waller and James McDonald on board. I'm going to completely forgive and forget the trial um, of 26. First of all, she was versing Nature Strip. Second of all, it was 900 metres. And third of all, it was on a heavy track. Um, so it's three negatives for the trial. And you know what? She, she never got out of first gear, really. So it wasn't even that bad mm-hmm. a trial. Um, she loves the firm track and it's probably got to be a firm a firm one or something tomorrow. So um, <laughs> she's drawn barrier one. James McDonald rides. Uh, you know, she can sit behind what should be a good speed because obviously there's not a lot of speed runners in this race, but with Big Parade in the race alone, 
it's going to be a fastly run race um, because mm-hmm. if Racer probably takes a sit and maybe Discharge goes up and, and, and annoys him. But I think Madame Rouge, um, the price has gone. Blake and I were speaking about it earlier. I think I think at around the double figure mark, I think she might be a worthy bet. And obviously the first up King Rohirin, five from five first up. Um, I think the trial, he hasn't tried very well heading into his first up run in previous um, campaigns, but at the same time it was a pretty poor trial from him. So he might not be going as well as he is and he might be a bit past his best, but at the same time, he's won five from five first up. So he has to be a factor. What about you, Blake? What have you landed on? Yeah, you, you definitely got to consider Rahiran for that um, with that dominant first up record. Like he's won seven, he's won seven races in his career and five of them have been first up. So, I mean, you can read into it as much as you want, but that, that plain and simple uh, puts him in this race. Uh, for me, Ra- Madame Rouge, um, as well as you, we're, we're just, we're, we're all, we're just completely in sync here um, for these races. But Scary. I just want to point out as well for Madame Rouge, um, that first up run last preparation was a second behind subpoenaed and beat She's Ideal. Now, you you were telling me just earlier that subpoenaed has been retired now, yeah. but the trials from subpoenaed were great. And I think if subpoenaed was lining up in a race like this, she'd definitely be shorter than 10 bucks. She's ideal. This preparation has come out and just blown everyone away. Like she's such, what she was paying like 151 or something in that, in that first up run and, and just ran, ran a blinder. Um, so I think with those kind of things in Madame Rouge's favor, you can say that first up here, she's definitely not out of it. And then you consider that fourth last in a trial by 10 lengths isn't that bad because it was behind nature strip who just smashed them. And then the other runners in the race, you had subpoenaed in that race, in that trial, I mean, and uh, the other, the other one was uh September run. So it's by no means a, a slow trial or a poor trial against, against uh, subpar opposition, you could say. So I think Madame Rouge is definitely in this. And yeah, like you said, the double figures is, is pretty attractive from barrier one. All right, we move on to race eight, the group two run to the race, uh, run to the rose, sorry. Um, very fascinating lineup here. We have Remark versus Animo versus Stay Inside and versus Converge. Um, who is best suited under these conditions, Blake? And what I mean by conditions, I mean distance and obviously a track. Okay, well, uh, I think just based on the speed map alone um, and over the 1200 meters, Home Affairs, to me, looks the one that's uh, sort of the biggest price um, and most attractive price here for me. Gate 14 is by no means easy. It's You can't, you can't definitely uh, low winning percentage from Barry 14, but Nashville Wood is aboard and the horse can go forward. So with that, with that slow speed, the horse, I can see the settling easily in the front four. Um, and getting across to the uh, sort of one-off or even find the rail if uh, if he gets lucky enough. So I think that that definitely brings home affairs into this at, at those odds. And then um, I guess the the favourite Animo remark, Converge, stay inside. For me, I saw this as the toughest race out of those three big races at Kembla. Um, which, which way are you sort of leaning out of those horses? Out of those horses? probably animo on clear class um but i 
funnily enough, agree with you again. I thought home affairs was the value in this race. And the reason why I thought that was exactly what you were saying. The speed map, stay inside, drawing, drawing barrier 10 goes back. Animo, obviously, back marker. Um, Captivant, back marker. Converge, since they've been riding him cold, he's turned into a superstar. So they're not going to go back. Uh, they're not going to go forward, sorry. Remark is probably the only horse here that can go up and challenge home affairs. Maybe one of the, I don't know, 100 to 1 shots could chance their arm, but, you know, they'd be stupid in doing so because it's got to mm. probably ruin their whole camp, probably their whole career. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, home affairs, I think the major thing with this Chris Waller trained cult is he's been dying for a good track. And when he has got onto good tracks, I, I feel like he's run very good races. He's, he's run second, uh, third to Animo. Um, and Profiteer in the Todman, and it was a great run at 21 to 1 from the front, yep. um, or at least in the leading division. Uh, and I don't yep. think there's any reason to to say that he, he can't run a good race here. He's trialed the house down. He's had three trials. Nash is on board. Nash is a proven aggressive rider. He's got to go across here, mm -hmm. and he's got to be in this race for a long time. I think of the yep. rest, uh, I'd, I personally think Converge is probably the best out of out of the lot personally i think as soon as they've ridden him cold they've just whatever has whatever's happened's clicked but i think he's mm -hmm. i think he's the golden rose horse i'm going to probably declare him now for the golden rose i think he's out of all these horses i know animo is brilliant and he was so breathtaking when he won um that group one race at the end of last preparation sires um but yeah, i just i think i just think converge is starting to turn into a, a different gravy as we might say what about you blake yeah yeah i um can definitely agree to some extent with you there um again it's it's important to point out that it's it's hard to gauge early how well the horses have come back um from the two to the three-year-old season so um you can you can sort of see horses that performed i guess below standard or not as well as other horses as two-year-olds come back as better three-year-olds and outperform the horses who dominated as two-year-olds um and i think more often than not you do see that so it's definitely important to watch um, and keep an eye on all the horses going into their first up second up runs to see how they're sort of progressing as three-year-olds um and i guess out of the out of pretty much all the horses here remark is the one who doesn't have sort of the runs on the board he's only had three runs in his whole career he was scratched from that last run where it, it definitely would have been interesting to see how well he went but given he was scratched from that ran well in a trial winning by 3.3 lengths beating subpoenaed the horse that i was just talking about as well um it will be interesting to see how he runs here whether or not you think he will win or will go well in this race is definitely one to watch for me because of the fact that he's far less exposed than the other runners are. And so as a three-year-old, um, even more important to keep an eye on him to see how well he he sort of progresses, given he's only had three runs in his career. And you're looking at Animo, who's the favourite. He's had seven runs, already won big races. Same with Converge, seven runs. Um, Stay Inside's had the five. So, yeah, remark one to keep an eye on for me. All right, beautiful. That's our Kemble Grange preview listeners. Best of luck there. And now we've got to head on to the GAC trial files. Um, I don't know if anyone's been tuning in and listening, but I think they're on fire, possibly. They've only won three of the last three. So um, unfortunately, this trial file is on a Friday and we've had a few delays, or I myself have had a few delays, so we can't shoot this podcast until Friday morning. So listeners, this horse might have already run, and hopefully, for my sake, won. 
Um, now, race three, number three, the rampant. Um, I, I feel like this horse is trolling the house down. Um, his last trial, he beat home a horse called Tristate, who came out um, at Gosford on Wednesday and scored by, God knows, two to three to four. Mile. Yeah, mile, yeah. dead set. Um, and this horse, <laughs> in my opinion, was going better in the trial than it was. Um, Tim Clark has had both rides in the trials. Winona Costin jumps on board today. He's drawn well in barrier seven or barrier eight, which is perfect for now. I haven't, I haven't watched the first race there yet, but um, I like to think that when the track's wet there, they get to the outside, to the middle to the outside parts. Um, yeah, and he's a short price, so I'm not going to go on forever about him, but I feel like he's a horse. Not only that he, not only can he win today, but he could actually play a major part in the spring. What about you, Blake? Heading over to your segment. Okay, so um, looking at the looking at the Hong Kong races coming up on Sunday, um, this will be the first meeting of the season where we get the all weather track involved. Um, so it'll be definitely interesting to see how that plays. Um, typically, on the all weather, you see the horses up on speed just completely dominate. So unless they go helter skelter and and just run run the the leaders ragged, um, you. You rarely see horses from sort of the second half of the field get into the race, let alone win. Um, so we're looking at race six. This is one of those races on the all-weather track. It's over the 1,200 metres. Spontaneous is a horse who's been trialling very well. He was pretty dominant in most of his races uh, last season, winning three of the five that he competed in. Now, he's never, he's never had a race on the all-weather track, so this will be interesting to see how he runs in a race. But he has trialed on the all-weather track, and it was it was great. He he won the trial. It was purely dominant. Zach Purden's aboard for this run on Sunday, and the horse has drawn barrier two. So I think it's very important that the horse is drawn low like that. He can definitely push up and get um, sort of at least in the front half of the field, which, like I said, will bring him into the race. And I honestly wouldn't even be surprised to see the horse lead, which is definitely one one of, if not the best spot that uh, to be in on the all-weather track. So that's race six, number eight, spontaneous. Looks very good there in uh, on the all-weather track uh, over the 1,200 metres. And then the race after that, race seven as well, uh, just another horse to point out. Um, obviously, with both these races, the markets aren't out yet uh, in Australia or in Hong Kong. So we don't know exactly what price we're going to get for these horses, but it will be interesting to keep an eye on them, see what price they open up. Um, race seven, we're looking at all. Uh, number five to be ridden by Blake Shin is trained by David Hayes. Now, David Hayes moved to Hong Kong. I don't even know. Was it the start of last season? I think. Yeah. And th so that so he's been there before, but since moving back uh, last season, he did well, not great, but first season there, you you know, cut him some slack. This season, he has absolutely kicked it off. To he's just winning everything like he's he's he won three races back to back uh last sunday and i think he won two uh at least on wednesday at happy valley so to me i think david hayes should be favorite to win the trainers championship now um this the stable that he's got is incredible and or is an interesting horse out of his stable or was backed heavily in a lot of his races last season um, and he's a horse who was already racing in Hong Kong and was trained by John Moore um, before he moved to the Hayes team. And once he did move to the Hayes team, he pretty much didn't run 
a bad race, you'd say. He he finished a lot of a lot of times he finished sort of in the top six. He finished fourth a lot, third, but he didn't win a race last season. Um, and so what that does for horses in Hong Kong, which a lot of listeners may not know, is it brings the horses rating down, even though they're not sort of running horrible races. And that means that the horse can get into easier races. So he dropped from class three to class four now. Um, and he's he's been trialing well enough to me to suggest that he can run well first up this season. So I'd be keeping an eye on him and I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him get supported um, sort of five, 10 minutes before the race, given his history of being supported. Um, and he's, he's also drawn barrier two for David Hayes. So great draw there. And he should definitely sit up on speed, sort of maybe two, three back the rail, um, which is exactly where you want to be over the 1400 meters at Sha Tin. So just to recap those two horses that I'm looking at early for Sunday, we're looking at race six, number eight, spontaneous and race seven, number five, or Beautiful, Blake. I'm sure the listeners will be banging down the doors on Sunday morning to get in. Let me on quickly. Anyway, we move on to Flemington for our next preview. The track conditions presented by dot, 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 a sponsor that we might need if anyone's listening. Um, cloudy, 23 degrees. Uh, there's a little bit of rain forecasted. Nothing too major, up, the, up to a millimeter of rain. Um, so it's not going to do anything to this track. The rails in the true and the track is currently good for, I'm expecting typical Flemington track really. I, I think no disadvantage to be drawn wide, no disadvantage to be drawn uh, to be a uh, back marker. What about you, Blake? Yeah, I think um, for me at least, um, I like to see horses drawn middle gates. I don't like to see horses drawn too wide which I guess you don't like to see horses drawn too wide at any track really. But yeah. um, I guess out of all the tracks, Flemington is one where you you can see horses win from wide gates, but obviously not too wide. I, I like to see horses drawn those middle gates sort of between maybe five to eight would yeah. be ideal. And horses that like to sit midfield. Um, typically at Flemington, you see a, a bias or a pattern that is almost too fair where the horse that's drawn middle and settles middle wins, <laughs> which is, um, yeah, it's, it's almost like a too, too much of a fair bias. But for, yeah, for me, I'm looking at horses like that, set up like that. There's no such thing as too much of a fair bias. I love Flemington. Oh, so glad it's back. <laughs> I hate Caulfield and Mooney Valley. But anyway, <laughs> um, Flemington, well, judging by what you just said, I think there might be a runner in this next race in the first race of Flemington that we've got to cover that is going to be largely in discussions. It's race six, the group two lets elopes um, over the 1400 meters. Two Wraith versus instant celebrity class or fitness, Blake, who do you side with if it was just a two horse race? Um, between those two, it's hard to say. I think it's, it's hard to say for me. Instant celebrity sets up really well coming to this race. And um, I, like we were saying, the wide draw Although not ideal, although you'd like to see her drawn a little bit better, it's not the worst, and it's definitely not the worst track to be drawn 13. Um, the horse will get back a little bit, but it's it's yeah, it's not um, a massive knock at Flemington. And then you've got Tarath, who I had as the best bet two weeks ago and won won well. Now the horse has won three in a row, but none of those wins have been in races anywhere near. Uh, this sort of caliber so 
uh, definitely will be interesting to see uh, which way are you sort of leaning. Um, out of the two, I'm team instant celebrity based on class. Um, I think it might just be a bit too soon for two ray, two ray ad, whatever you want to call it. The one thing I will note is that horse um, was completely eyeballed for the entire race. So uh, I don't think the run was too bad at Caulfield. Um, I just, I just think instant celebrity is a different kettle of fish here. She's the group one winning mare now in this field. And, you know, to be fair, she's probably been running at distances, I guess, shorter than what we've, what we know she can run in, in like, yes, you could say she's a sprinter, but like a get back sprinter, a bit like maybe a Santana lane, but I feel like possibly her best run was in that 1400 meter race in the, um, in the, in the thousand guineas. She was so good that day. And um, obviously, I think the last preparation, obviously, I think their main target was the Goodwood and they deliberately stayed in South Australia, obviously being trained in South Australia. So she did win the Tab Classic, Group 1 level, came from the rear of the field, beating Sapina to Rubisaki. But um, I think from Barrier 13, she's got to get a lovely run here. And she could probably sit, I'd say, I'd say midfield, or maybe just back three wide with cover, which is probably the perfect spot at Caulfield, uh, Clevington, and just descend upon them late. What about you, Blake? What have you landed on? Uh, so in terms of sort of betting propositions for me um, at Flemington, I like to look for horses who are a little bit of value. Um, given, given what we said about the track being pretty fair, I think most horses get their chance. And so at other tracks, like I guess Caulfield or even in Sydney, um, you can you can single out a few horses, I think, in most races who set up the best to run well. Whereas at Flemington, you sort of see most horses get decent runs, um, if not sort of good runs. Um, and you see most horses get their chance. So I think, um, yeah, in most races, you see, you see horses at a little bit of value popping up um, more often than not. And one that kind of stood out for me a little bit and and sort of enticed me a little bit was mystic journey um now she in previous preparations she's just she's just killed uh some of her some of her rivals like she's she's won well um now in in her last preparation uh she she didn't sort of perform as well or as sort of most people expected her to um but we definitely know what her potential is um, and for me, that's a big thing, given she's $13 and $4 a place here um, in this field. She can, she can sit midfield, barrier 12, like, we, like we've been saying many, many times, isn't the worst at Flemington. Um, and she doesn't have the worst first up record. The trials in Tasmania have been as, as good as they can be. I guess it's not like she was racing, sort of competing against other group one horses over there in those trials, but um, she's done what she's needed to do in those trials to me at least. Um, and I think she does set up pretty well here, um, given, given her potential, like I was saying. So if she, if she does sort of come back, um, in my opinion, at least, I think she could blow this field away. Um, she might not come back that well, but, uh, I definitely think she's a chance here. All right. Beautiful. We head to race seven, the group two Bobby Lewis quality down the Flemington straight, 1200 meters. Very interesting running here that heads the market. Queenslander Jonker is currently $4.50 favourite for Tony Gollan. 
How do you reckon Jonka will handle the straight track? Obviously a hard question to ask, but judging on his previous form and what you like to see from straight track runners, do you reckon he'll handle it? Um, very, very tough question for me personally. Um, I typically don't like to assume whether or not a horse is going to handle the straight track unless I've seen whether they can or not um, in previous runs. And, and this is this is obviously Jonker's first try. Um, he, he's got the speed to sit at, or to lead or sit very, very close um, in the run, which is always helpful at any track. Um, and I think won't, won't work against him down the straight, put it that way. Um, so if I had to guess, I'd say he will handle it. He's, he's obviously a great horse with great potential. So um, I would be leaning that way. But yeah, you, you always have to be a little bit wary of the horses who haven't performed down the straight when they're coming up against horses like the Astrologist, like Zutori, who have almost impeccable straight track form. What uh, what are you sort of leaning towards in this race, Jason? Uh, I, as much as I love Jonka, I, I'm kind of anti Jonka down the straight track, and I and I I don't know if Tony I, I need to listen to Tony Golden's podcast after we finish this podcast, but um I'm yeah. not sure I'm not sure what Tony thinks, but I kind of feel like I know they were targeting the uh, the um the thousand meter race at Mooney Valley. The name escapes me of that race. Um, so, you know, maybe 1200 meters down the straight, 1200 meters down the straight is a tough test. It's, it's brutal. Yeah. Some horses handle it. Some horses don't, but yeah. at four or 50 favorite, I don't think there's much meat in the bone there. So I'm, I'm happy to be with Zutori. I think he's the proven galloper in this race. He is, he, he is a group one winner. Um, and that might've been down the straight. It was in the new market. Um, yeah. and he's drawn as, as we like to see, we like to see generally, I'm not sure about tomorrow, but generally you like to be drawn out wide on the, uh, down the straight so you can get obviously clear air and let all the all the horses drawn inside you do all the work. Um, and I don't think this is an overly strong race. I feel like Zutori's come up against much harder competition. Um, obviously, you know, the astrologist is going really well and is a straight track specialist or he's turning in to be a straight track specialist, but you know, Zutori's raced against much harder competitors, and I think the weight that he currently carries is is very fair. And he's carried he's carried that weight against much better rivals and, and raced as well. So I think it's probably I wouldn't say he's raced to lose, but he's definitely going to figure in the in the finish, no doubt. What about you, Blake? Yeah, I I pretty much agree with every single point you made there about Zutori, Jason. I remember being on him in that. Um, in that run last prep where he won down the straight, he was 20 to, he was 19 to one. If you want to get specific, paying $20 to win, drew barrier four, carried 57 kilos in that race. Um, and, and won very, very nicely to the eye. Like it was a, it was a great run for a horse, especially at those odds. And now you're looking at a horse who did that last preparation. Now he's paying $7 50 in, in a field that he could definitely blow away um like i was saying with mystic journey and when you get the odds like that like you were saying the draw although i disagree with you to some extent on the wide draws i don't think like he's not drawn he's not drawn the car park he's not drawn barrier 15 so with barrier 12 and with the horses sort of drawn just inside him like splintex away game the astrologist serious suspect gray worm they can all go forward 
And Zatori is not the horse that you're going to see sit right up on speed, right? So when they all come out of the gates, there's you, you, you're assuming, or I'm assuming, but what I see happening is all those horses pressing up, Zutori just sort of holding off a little bit. And then there's going to be all that room, like what, like what's that five, five horses wide. There's going to be all that room inside the horse just to sort of settle in behind those horses. And then all he has to do is wait, bide his time for the sort of 800 meters of the 1200 meter race and then look for a gap late. Um, and, and yeah, I can, I can see him, see him winning or running very well in this race. Um, like you said, he's the proven horse four wins from nine starts um, over the track and distance is phenomenal. Um, another one I was a little bit interested in was express pass. Um, the horse, the horse has had a lot of hype around him before. Um, and I think that win at Mooney Valley indicated to me, at least gave me a little bit of a hint that he might be showing us some of, some of that sort of expectations that a lot of people have had of him. Um, and he, he sets up a little bit uh, similar to Zatori. So similar price, if I had to lean one way, I'd be leaning Zatori's way, but I don't think Express Pass is out of this by any means. And I think you could definitely do worse than back both of them, given they set up very similarly. Um, I guess Express Pass with 53 kilos as well. You've got to take that into consideration. So they're the two that I was sort of leaning towards, but definitely, like you said, Zatori's almost it's almost a Tory's race to lose really um given his credentials well fun fact before we head on to the group one Zutori actually won this race last year carrying 56 kilos obviously has to carry a bit more bit of a penalty for that but he beat home a horse called Tafane who's you know she's going all right <laughs> he's only won like I think two or three group ones since then so um obviously there's no other group one winner in this field and, and it shows the quality of the race last year compared to this race Anyway, regardless, we're into race eight, the group one, the one that everyone's been waiting for. The Maccabi Divas. Yes, the Maccabi Diva stakes over the mile. Um, I guess Queensland's Wonder Boy. We can all dream, we can all hope, but Incentivize has now been transferred down to Peter Moody and he's the current favourite. He didn't open favourite, but he's been absolutely smashed in the market. I guess the main question is. Is the hype um, is the hype real, um, and can he justify it tomorrow, Blake? Well, to me, there's no reason to suggest that he can't. Um, obviously, like a lot of horses that have been running in the last few weeks in the big races, we've been saying there's probably going to be bigger targets ahead. Um, the horse, obviously, last preparation got over further, so you've got to keep that in mind. But like, look at his record. <laughs> it's it's a picket fence these entire records are picket fence like what more do you want from the horse um barrier three it, it sets up it sets up really well for the horse in my opinion like he he's got the pace to sit pretty close in the run um like at worst three four pairs back at worst um and in a race of this nature where like i mean mount popper could pretty much walk in front and I, and I don't think another horse would want to take him on. <laughs> so um, it, it'll, it'll be a slowly run race. Don't get me wrong. And um, I think incentivize can be one of the horses that capitalizes on that. If he, if he uses that's that good drawing barrier in gate three to settle handy. Um, I, I think that 
that early money from 750 into now 390 is is more than justified in my opinion and i think he deserves to be favorite here oh just just look at his record it's like it's just stupid it's ridiculous like it's it's kind of laughable like i'm sort of giggling uncontrollably inside my head <laughs> like for a horse to win his last four starts in particular by you know, almost 40 lamps. <laughs> like, it's, so, it's, just, it's just stupid to think of. So yeah, I understand he hasn't been versed in the best company and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But all right, like what more could you ask for? And mm. I think at 750, I was like, geez, that's a, that's a very generous price for a horse with each record. And now at about, you know, 350, I guess maybe that's even a better price in the sense where, you know, the stable's confident because the money's coming and the Moody stable does bet. And I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure the owners wouldn't mind a filthy bet themselves. Um, <laughs> and I was, I kind of want to be somewhat a little bit against him because obviously, yes, he has bigger targets and probably, I guess they, they bought him for the Melbourne Cup or at least the Caulfield Cup or, or even mm. the fight, I guess. But at the same time, this is an extremely winnable race. I know it's, a, I know there's a yeah. few really good horses in this race, but I think a lot of these horses are going to be out of their comfort zone here. As Blake's already mentioned, there's no speed in this race whatsoever. Like, if incentivized wanted to, he could probably lead this race easily. But not mm. just that, Mount Pop-Up should lead this race. And I guess the other one going forward would probably be, oh, I guess, I guess, you know what? I reckon Colette second up could go, could be much closer in the running. I don't know what happened the other day. I, was, I, I watched the replay multiple times to see if she missed a kick or if she was taken back. And, you know, she did miss the kick or, or she was slow mm. out. But um, in the past, she's proven that she can sit just off them so it wouldn't surprise me if oliver pushes the button so they're the two that i'm leaning towards what about you blake um okay well just from sort of taking a step back and looking at the race as a whole the way that i wanted to tackle this race um in terms of in terms of betting or which way uh, i was leaning was first of all i've already mentioned i like incentivize and i think he is probably the horse to beat given the way that the race sets up, the pace, the gate, that sort of thing. Um, then given that, I, I wanted to find sort of two or three horses who I thought if it doesn't go to plan for incentivize for whatever reason, if he gets unlucky, if the race is a little bit faster than usual, whatever happens, what are, the, what are sort of two or three other horses that I think can capitalize on that and, and will be finishing off the race well? And, and like you said, Colette has, has the ability to, to, to settle a little bit closer um, in this field. And the other thing I like about Colette is the gait. The horse undoubtedly has ability, right? And has had that first up run that, that sort of tops her off or you'd hope tops her off. Now with barrier 12, Damien Oliver aboard, the horse, regardless of whether she goes forward, sits midfield, sits back last, she's gonna be out of trouble. And so for a horse like incentivize where you're taking the risk, he might get buried barrier three. If he gets, you know, three, four pairs back the rail, which to be honest, I don't expect he will, but if he does, you want to find a horse who's not going to be held up in all, in all that traffic, which is Colette to me anyway. Um, and yeah, like the horse, the horse obviously has, has plenty of ability. So she'll, um, she'll undoubtedly be finishing off well. And in, in, in the finish, in my opinion, um, Away from those two, the other horse that I thought could threaten in the race is Sir Dragonet. Um, the, uh, I like the trial, uh, or both of them. I think there's been two. 
note there's only been one. The trial was good. The trial was very good. Um, and like he he just wasn't asked to do anything. So he, he finished off the trial well, wasn't asked to do anything. And I think to me anyway, he's an underrated horse. Like he he's won, he's won the big races. He's come here and he's done it. Um, he's got a good first up record. Barrier eight is is I, ideal for me. Like I was saying earlier, I like to see horses drawn that sort of five to eight range. He's another one who can sit not right up on speed, but two, three pairs back. Um, so yeah, the, those are the three that I'm leaning to. And just a hint for the play, those are the three that I'm going to be playing. in. Oof. Well, with that, we've got to head to our $100 viewers competition. Um, well, it's not a makeshift group two race anymore. It's a, it's a group one race. And Harry Whiteman last week, if you're listening, Harry, well done, mate. You're on the board. He had $100 on Think It Over who got Rigadini right on the line. So he's currently sitting atop of the ladder at, and he has a $420 buffer on everyone else. The winner this week was Cody Lawson. Um, I just messaged Cody and he said he'll have his $100 on whatever I'm tipping. I said to him, you're an idiot for doing that. Um, (laughs) I said, you might as well just follow Blake. Um, And with that, I'm going to go to our own competition. I am struggling 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 uh i'm minus 300 and blake's um plus 133 dollars and 50 cents can buy a chop a with that um <laughs> yeah so yeah to put it to put it um i guess nicely i've been jumping off when i when i should be jumping on and blake's been jumping off oh he's been jumping on when i when i've been jumping off i think it over winning last week sums up my <laughs> competition so far unfortunately i was all over think it over first up but uh so be it. Um, so good luck to you, Cody, and good luck to myself. Um, um, I'm having $80 to win on Incentivize, and I'm saving on Colette. She did produce the fastest last 200-meter sectional of the race the other day. She hit a flat spot down the straight, but, yeah, she, she picked up again late, and I think the 1,600-meter suits. I do understand that she is a wet tracker, but I, I think Flemington is – Flemington good four isn't, isn't the firmest track in the world. It's very juicy for those horses. So, Blake – Where's your money going? Very, very similar setup here, Jason. So it uh it could end very well or <laughs> it could uh could uh not. The whole podcast um, has been like this. We literally have the same numbers and the same thing. So mm. we're either gonna come back here with like about fifty-five thousand listeners, you know, everyone you know, <laughs> everyone very or happy or, or like yeah, none anyway. Go on, Blake. Yeah. All to, all to, all will tell on uh on race day on Saturday, but uh, I'm sticking to my strategy. I'm having the three bets in the race. I'm having the 30 to win on Incentivize, who we've spoken enough about. Um, I'm having 15 each way on Colette, who I think is a value runner. We've also spoken enough about her. And then 20 each way on Sir Dragonet, um, which I think is also overs in the race and underrated here. All right, beautiful. That wraps things up for our group previews for this week. Blake, best bets. What do you have for us? Okay. Um, Best bet, best bet. Go with yours. Me? What do I have? Yeah, what's yours? Oh, what's mine? Bang. On the on the race six, I am going uh, on Trivier. On Trivier has to be the best bet, in my opinion, just purely based on the odds. Like, the odds are just, they don't make sense, in my opinion. So, you know, I guess I guess if you use the... Uh, the Don Scott method, you know, get the value on the runners. Like, <laughs> technically, this is value because, you know, if you readjust the weights and readjust the barriers, 
Yeah, she should be paying a lot less. So that, that's mine. What about mm -hmm. you, Blake? Have you fallen on anything? Um, in terms of shorties, I think that race, I like the Quinella, like we were saying when we were, were discussing that race, I like Quinella and can definitely agree with you. I think in trivia is probably one of the best of the day. Um, in terms of sort of best bets, I, there wasn't too much that I could find um, in terms of a short proposition that I thought was... Um, was sort of a really, really nice standout. But in the last at Flemington, Persan is $21 to win. Carrying the big weight, 61 kilos, but I love the horse, big fan. Um, and I, I definitely think he can give that race a shake at um, big odds. So best bet, I think I'm, if I had to go, I'd say in Trivier with you, um, can definitely blow that field away and then just for one at, at value that I want to point out is Persan in the last at Flemington, number two. Beautiful. You don't often see a horse that has run fourth in the Melbourne Cup get gelded. Um, <laughs> a couple of preparations after. I don't think you've ever seen that anyway. That, that's a fun fact. Um, they should have that fun fact in like some of those beer openers or those juice openers. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, we'll end the note on that stupid joke anyway. <laughs> Sorry, we'll end the show on that note. <laughs> We're a train wreck to end. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have already, um, I guess, tuned out by now. But anyway, Blake, I want to wish you the best of luck, viewers or listeners. Thank you, wanna, Jason. I want to wish you the best of luck for tomorrow. It's going to be a great day of Group 1 racing. Take care. See you, boys. See you, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just a fucking...